Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. John Cena apologizes to China after calling Taiwan a country. Kazuchika Okada announces New Japan Pro Wrestling in-ring return from COVID-19. And NXT is on a tear at the moment. I tell you why NXT's perfect booking is putting them on another level. I'm Jaden Becker, and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast. John Cena apologizes to China after calling Taiwan a country during a promotional tour for Fast and Furious 9. Cena referred to Taiwan as a country while speaking to TVBS, sparking outrage among Chinese fans. Cena posted a video on the Sinha Weibo platform clarifying his comments, though not directly mentioning Taiwan or its relationship with China. Fast and Furious 9 was released in Hong Kong on May 19th and will hit theaters in the United States late next month. A legit mistake by John Cena and JBL said it best on Twitter. John Cena has an unmatched track record and is an all-around good guy, so I wouldn't look too deep into it. An honest mistake by the WWE legend that is looking to make his return when fans make their return as well uh, to events. Okada announces New Japan Pro Wrestling in-ring return from COVID-19. Okada made his a surprise appearance on New Japan's Pro Wrestling show following the news that he tested positive for COVID-19 earlier this month. Kazuchika Okada will officially challenge for the vacant IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Grand Slam. His opponent for the event is currently unknown. No better time for Okada as Will Ospreay had dropped the title due to injury. Ospreay expected to be out for a significant amount of time. We're going to get right into our show review for last night's WWE NXT, but first let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 4.0. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Getting into last night's WWE NXT, starting off the show strong with Raquel Gonzalez taking on Dakota Kai versus Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Moon hot early on, but caught after being chased by Raquel Gonzalez. A tide turning back and forth, usually at the will of Gonzalez. A lot of tag team chemistry as well in this match, which is fantastic to see. Not just uh, groups of teams being tied together for no reason, but for uh, that these are established tag teams. And it's great to see Raquel Gonzalez, even though she still is the NXT champion, NXT women's champion, uh, she is still a part of this established tag team with Dakota Kai. And Eclipse onto Raquel Gonzalez, rolling her out of the ring. Tag team finisher onto Dakota Kai to win the matchup for Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. A perfect booking all around. I'm going to get into a little bit later in this episode how the booking has been so perfect for WWE and NXT. Pete Dunne with Oni Lorcan take on Bobby Fish. A dead fish gear for Bobby Fish. Black with red trim and red boots. Important to note, uh, given the fact that this is the first time we see him in ring competing and in ring gear uh, since his time with the Undisputed Era. I thought I'd just let that be known that he's in that black and red gear now with that dead fish uh, draped across his tights. Uh, fish getting a little to no offense early on in this match. Uh, Pete using uh, strikes and submissions to dominate. Uh, 
Fish with a small comeback spots throughout this match, and Dunn connects with the bitter end for this match to end as a whole. This feud isn't over, however, as Lorcan attacks Fish after the match and attacking the arm that Fish was uh, sidelined out with uh, during War Games that P. Dunn uh, injured him with by stomping on it, uh, the, injuring his tricep, I think, ripping it off the bone there. So uh, not a good look to continue to go after that arm and even uh, wrapping up that arm in the ring skirt, uh, the material that, that makes the ring skirt hold up, that little wire that drapes it across the ring. So uh, not a good look, but uh, definitely a fun way to continue the story. As P. Dunn is not going to be, uh, excuse me, Bobby Fish is not going to be over with uh, the rest of P. Dunn and Only Lorcan in that crew. Mercedes Martinez taking on Zeta Ramir. Martinez dominant early, but looks clunky as usual. Uh, air raid crash to win, and Martinez uh, is the victor there. Uh, Martinez is usually at the will of her opponents in these matches and how good she looks, which is a rarity in NXT. Usually uh, in NXT, you make yourself look good instead of your opponent making you look good. Martinez kind of needs her opponent to make herself look good. Martinez isn't able to do that for herself there. But uh, we definitely could see Martinez be boosted up here as uh, Zaya Lee is going to be uh, her next feud, if you will, given the what happened after the match. Uh, Zaya Lee, even though she doesn't appear, uh, the screen goes black and uh, we get a fog in the middle of the ring and as the we reappear Mercedes Martinez has a mark on her hand it has been marked by Zia Lee even though we don't physically see Zia Lee uh, put that mark on Martinez's hand so Martinez walks away and shrugs it off as if it's nothing but obviously a little shooken and scared that Zia Lee is coming after her Coming up next, the Million Dollar Face-Off, which was fantastic. A pretty good segment, if I do say so myself, uh, as Cameron Grimes and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, WWE Hall of Famer and legend, uh, face-off. Not to have a match, but to have a conversation. Grimes asks why DiBiase has been doing this to him. And uh, when DiBiase answers that when he looks at DiBiase, excuse me, when DiBiase answers, uh, when he looks at Cameron Grimes, he sees a little bit of himself, uh, which is always nice to see. And uh, the crowd is really, really into it. Uh, DiBiase says that Grimes has lost his focus here, that even though he's rich and has all this money, he lost at what really matters and what that is what goes on in the square circle. LA Knight enters and kind of looks like a GTA character, as I remember making as a kid in GTA 5 with the tinted glasses and the jacket and the everything matching in some way. He kind of looked like a GTA character. That's, that's why I sort of see it. Knight wants DiBiase on his side, crowd on the side of Cameron Grimes, and Knight attacks Grimes to end the segment. DiBiase walks out with LA Knight. No word if they're together now going forward, but I doubt it. Crowd was a little indifferent towards LA Knight, which is odd given that LA Knight coming from, you know, NWA and Impact and TNA and all stuff like that, uh, he was over and he's always fantastic on the mic. But I think uh, this a lot of the crowd there at least uh, didn't feel that uh, LA Knight belonged in this segment in any way, shape, or form. I think this segment would have gone over great on its own. It, got, it went over great as is, I, I should say that. But this segment would have gone over even better if LA Knight didn't get involved. Uh, funny enough, but Cameron Grimes still has to compete in matches. He can't just be walking around doing nothing. So, uh, LA Knight, Cameron Grimes, going to be a feud going forward, and I think that's a, a pretty solid thing to see, uh, given the fact that LA Knight's fantastic on the microphone, and Cameron Grimes can hold his own as well, and also has way better character work than I think almost anybody else in NXT at the moment. When I say character work, uh, well, that, that's a good point. And it's fair to argue, as I think about it in my head here, that everyone in NXT has their own type of character work, but if we're going off of uh, gimmick work, I think it might be a better way to put it. 
Cameron Grimes has the best gimmick work in uh, NXT today uh, compared to everyone else that actually runs gimmick in NXT, which is uh, also a rarity to see. Moving on, Frankie Monet taking on Cora Jade at Monet's NXT debut. Also awesome to see Jade in ring as well. Uh, Monet, very loud and very in charge in this match with a high-impact offense, no pun intended. Uh, face buster for Monet to pick up the win. And a fun, quick match, but a little sad to see that we had two matches like that with Mercedes Martinez beating up on Zayda Ramirez and Frankie Monet beating up on Cora Jade. Uh, it would be nice to see Cora Jade take on Zayda Ramirez in a match, one-on-one. I feel like to even things out and get a victory there. Also seeing Frankie Monet taking on Mercedes Martinez in the future could be nice as well. But uh, given that they both got dominant victories, if we're booking in that light. But uh, either way, if we're going to be talking about booking a little bit further with NXT. But uh, it's a little sad to see that they're doing it both on the same show. If you could have done this back to back weeks, I, I would have liked that a little bit better. But either way, I, I respect what NXT is doing. Moving on, Bronson Reed live cutting a promo in the middle of the ring has finally climbed the mountain, he says. But Legado del Fantasma enters and Santos Escobar wants a shot at the North American title, claiming that Mexico is a part of North America and he best represents that, which is a a fair statement to make. So good job, Santos Escobar. Uh, Before Legado del Fantasma can attack, uh, Bronson Reed MSK enters to stop all the hostilities and Escobar's sneak attack is thwarted by Bronson Reed uh, downing Escobar down to the mat. So... Uh, great to see Escobar continuing to be involved in a title picture uh, now away from the Cruiserweight Championship and now moving towards the North American Championship. Moving on to our main event here and the match of the night, Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Cross versus Balor 2, very excited. And uh, I couldn't really get wait, wait for this match. I, was, I wouldn't say the rest of the show was dragging, but I was just so anticipant uh, of this match here uh, between Cross and Balor. Balor getting a small advantage early on, causing Cross to roll out of the ring and regroup. Cross using strong strikes and slams using his judo background. Balor able to fire up, but is sent outside quickly after his uh, comeback. Balor uh, put Cross on the ring skirt, inside of that ring skirt, if you will. You know, when you pull it out of the way and they slide in and allowing Balor to attack there. Fun spot. Double stomp into the straight jacket by Cross. Balor reaching the ropes to break out of that straight jacket submission. Uh, the submission move that caused him to lose at the NXT Championship in their last meeting. Balor connects with a huge dive to the outside. Cross no sells, however, after he's fallen to the ground and dumps Balor onto the announce table. Cross powerbombed out of a triangle submission choke by. Finn Balor and Cross locks the straight jacket submission to win and retain the NXT Championship. I like their first matchup a little bit better than I like this matchup, but I still appreciated uh, both of them equally as uh, they both had their same purpose of showing that Karrion Cross is the dominant force. Well, I wouldn't say they both had the same pers- purpose. Karrion Cross had to win the championship and now defeating Finn Balor in the rematch and building up that rematch as Cross Balor 2. Instead of the rematch that you usually see on the episode of Raw after a pay-per-view. Just a, a good old time. Yo, they're having their rematch. You gotta, gotta see what's gonna happen. No, instead of that happening, they built up this match as if, yes, it is the rematch. But this it felt a little bit more given that they called it 
cross Balor too. Get the, the name value that they gave to it. How they built it up with Paul Hammond and McAfee and all the interviews prior as well. Uh, they, they did a fantastic, fantastic job. And I'm um, happy to see Kane cross as a champion. And uh, when we come back from the break, uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit more about that. But uh, if we're going to give a grade here for this NXT, I'm going to give it a B. A solid B. Uh, I wouldn't go B plus, but also wouldn't go B minus, given the fact that there were the, obviously this main event, how it was built up, was head over heels great. But I can't really go B plus, given the fact that uh, they had the two uh, squash matches, if you will, with Martinez and Monet both winning in squashes. That could be fixed, however, next week. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, but a solid B grade for NXT moving forward, as they they don't have to compete with AEW until Friday as uh, schedules are changing, and we'll talk about that later as well. So stick around after the break. I'm going to be talking about NXT's perfect booking at the moment and how it has impressed me and how it is putting them on a whole nother level. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on May 26, 1987, former WWF champion The Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan were arrested in New Jersey on drug possession charges after they were pulled over on the New Jersey Turnpike. Both would be fired from the WWF as they were feuding at the time and broke kayfabe in an era where that was a big no-no. Both would return to the company later on in the year, but never reached the same heights at they were pre-arrest. We've seen this a couple times in the past, but this is quite a big moment as it was the Iron Sheik and Jim Duggan, uh, two WWE Hall of Famers and WWE Legends. And uh, that was on this day in pro wrestling. Let's look at NXT's booking. Absolutely phenomenal. And I argue almost perfect at the moment, given that everyone has a purpose, everyone has something to do. Week in and week out, NXT has continued to impress. Triple H and crew continuously set themselves up to have a strong main event picture along with a deep mid card for both men's and women's divisions. I've talked about this in the past on this podcast, but it's really coming to fruition and there are a few examples I'd like to point out. Starting off with the main event picture for NXT, Karrion Cross and Raquel Gonzalez, two stars right now in their early run as champions that are unstoppable in singles action, yet NXT is not afraid to give them losses in tag team matchups. We saw this with Raquel Gonzalez last night and Karrion Cross before stand and deliver with Finn Balor as his partner. There's also always seems to be a constant flow of opponents for each of these champions to face as soon as there isn't a match is put in place immediately after. Uh, as we saw Karrion Cross defeating Finn Balor, sort of has no one in his way at the moment, but now a match is set for next, next week by William Regal, Gargano versus O'Reilly versus P. Dunn. The winner of that matchup taking on Karrion Cross at NXT TakeOver in your house 2021. I got my money on Gargano in this one given that we've already seen O'Reilly and his title uh, chases towards uh, the NXT Championship uh, against Finn Balor twice. We've already seen P. Dunn already and I feel like he'll be better served with the North American Championship at the moment. And uh, just to get him back involved in the, in the title picture or even in, in an individual feud with Bobby Fish is fine as well. Uh, but they have everything going in the general direction for somebody, you know. But Gargano getting him back to the top and they already hinted at those moments as well with Gargano and Karrion uh, Cross definitely could be a fun match. And as we've seen, as I just mentioned, the seeds are always placed earlier down the road for something to happen in the future. Expect to see Swerve Scott to get a title shot over the summer as we saw in a promo of uh, this week's NXT, uh, sort of Scott keeping his eye on the main event match, uh, talking about whoever wins that one, he wants an opportunity in the future. 
and also Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember, Mu- Ember Moon, possibly, coming up, given Ember Moon and uh, Shotzi Blackheart got that win over uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in this episode of NXT. Great to see how those seeds are continuously being planted over and over and over again to continue to grow and grow and grow, and so we're never down in a low period for any championship. We're always at a high spot. We're always growing towards something big continuously and continuously, and uh, even the seeds being planted with uh, Karrion Cross taking on Austin Theory with Gargano being ringside. That was huge for me because we saw that interaction between Cross and Gargano. As soon as I t- saw those two go face-to-face, I was like, oh, I'll give you all my money to watch that match happen, and I think we're going to see that happen at uh, TakeOver in your house with uh, Gargano and Cross uh, going at it for the NXT Championship. Looking over at the mid-card uh, for both men's and women's divisions, uh, everyone has a role. And notice something fantastic here as well. Uh, a mid-card for the women's division is unheard of on the WWE main roster. It's either the main event picture or you're not used at all or you're shoved into a tag team. On NXT, there's a solid mid-card that doesn't feud over a title but feuds, over, uh, feuds with each other, which is fantastic to see. They don't, they're not feuding for a belt, but they're feuding for their own rivalries and their own grudges that they've had uh, for years and years. And it's great to see. It's great to see. And then also these blossoming new rivalries as well that are coming up in these women's divisions. It's great. I really, really appreciate it that they're not always for a championship like how it is in the WWE main roster. Sometimes you can feud with one another, which is the great part about pro wrestling and what differentiates themselves from boxing in the world of of UFC and things like that. Usually, the, it's not really feuds. It's, it's usually for a championship in UFC and things like that, and they're working their way up towards a championship. But in pro wrestling, you can base a main event based off of a rivalry that you have between two people. It's not always about the belt. So uh, I think that's that's something great that always needs to be recognized, even if it's in the mid-card for, for the women's division. Uh, it continues to grow character work as well and develops that, and it's a little bit more than just being a power-hungry and uh, greedy person trying to always win championships. Looking at the men's, the North American title picture and the Cruiserweight title picture can consistently pump out great matches along with storylines that don't necessarily have to do with the belts either. Everyone with with their own personal motives and goals and incentives to accomplish accomplish everything that they want to do in NXT. Looking at Cameron Grimes, for example, he hasn't won a lot of matches lately, but has found himself in a great position with the crowd because of his fantastic gimmick, allowing him to push others up with him even having to lose those matches. On paper, it's not that hard to do. If you really look at it, but WWE's main roster has shown how far the beaten path things can become. If someone's over, you're not using their overness as as well as you should. We've seen that in the past infinite times with the WWE main roster. NXT has recognized that Cameron Grimes has connected with the crowd, and even though they're not giving him wins, he doesn't need wins. He's already over. He doesn't need to win any more matches because he's already connected with the crowd. Now, Cameron Grimes is using his connection with the crowd to get other people over by him losing those matches against uh, himself. So it's great to see that that is being recognized. That it, you know you have something here. You have a diamond in, in Cameron Grimes and a great character work, and you're pairing him up with. Ted DiBiase so you're building up even higher and for Cameron Grimes to lose these matches he's still staying on the same level because he's over with the crowd now he's also building up somebody else that needs it like LA Knight which is possibly coming up because we saw the emotional indifference LA Knight getting wins over Cameron Grimes is going to be a good look for LA Knight 
You know, it's going to make him look a lot better than he would have if he didn't get these wins uh, over anybody else. Looking at the tag team divisions, uh, ladies first here for NXT. They're doing a great job as their own tag team division, and it's not going to reach the heights as it was during the Dusty Cup. That's just unreasonable to believe, uh, given all the storylines coming out of that and given that it was nonstop, week in, week out, straight, strictly tag team wrestling from the women's division. But as long as they hold steady from pay-per-view to pay-per-view, they're golden. And I've talked about them in the past on this podcast, and I don't want to sound like I'm regurgitating things here, uh, but it, with the NXT's women's division, uh, it can blow WWE out the water any day, to, any day of the week, if being honest with you, both because uh, Raw and SmackDown are the same. Uh, if you look at it, you can really look at the NXT women's division as being the premier tag team division for, for women's in the WWE because it's just better. It's just they're built better. They're respected a lot more. And even though they did, um, I, I will be fair, Raw did give... Uh, the women's tag team championships, the main event. At the same time, it's not really much to come out of it, given the fact that they're using uh, the tag team division as a valet to build up a f- singles feud, not to build up a tag team feud. They're using that the tag team division to build up a feud between Shayna Baszler and Alexa Bliss. So, and uh, at, looking at the men's tag team division, of course, great as well. Everyone doing their own thing. Currently, a point where uh, in NXT in their booking. Where people are writing their past wrongs, building to future success. So we see from uh, Thatcher and Champa, they're writing their past wrongs. You see from Imperium, they're writing their past wrongs, and which brings people back into the fold that we haven't seen in quite some time. Like we're going to see some Brizango again, you know, because Brizango was the NXT Tag Team Champions. Imperium trying to fix that for uh, even letting them get that win there, and looking as at a whole of NXT, y- you never feel as if NXT anyone on that roster is lost. Everyone in NXT has their purpose, and I couldn't ask for anything more as a fan because it makes me emotionally invest in every character, every person, every talent on that roster, making me believe if I emotionally invest into someone, I'm going to get something out of it future down the line. I can't say the same for the main roster. A lot of people put a lot of emotional investment into Keith Lee when he made his move to the main roster. And obviously, you haven't gotten anything out of that from that emotional investment. You're down to literal zero from that investment because he's no longer featured on TV. And no one knows when he will be featured on TV. You know, if you put some emotional investment into Matt Riddle, yeah, you probably did all right. And especially if you put some into Rhea Ripley on the main roster. But it's more likely than not that when someone's called up or when you try to watch pro wrestling on that main roster, you look at somebody that's been there for a long time as well. You can't really emotionally invest unless they're a main event guy. And uh, that, that's tough to see. Some people want to cheer for the little guy. I want to cheer for that mid card. I want to cheer for uh, someone on the lower card. You can't do that in, in today's WWE's main roster. But you can do that on NXT. Because from top to bottom, from top star, from Karrion Cross and Raquel Gonzalez, all the way down to the bottom, you can emotionally invest. Which is a lot more, in my opinion, than, than financially investing because it's your feelings there. You know, It's, it's, it's your time it's your energy and everything that you spent uh, watching the show, uh, hours and hours and hours of, of constant pro wrestling and uh, week in and week out. You want to get something out of that, and you want to get that joy. You don't Sometimes you don't get that from the main roster, but you consistently get that from NXT, which I can always appreciate. 
All right, looking on to our next episode of the Daily DDT Podcast. Uh, AEW is not on tonight for uh, TNT as my Knicks took over AEW's time slot for Game 2 of the uh, Round 1 of the NBA playoffs as the Knicks take on the Atlanta Hawks uh, at Madison Square Garden as well. Should be absolutely huge for the Knicks as that this game is almost do or die at this point because if you don't win either of your home games in that first round, they're going to be hitting over to Atlanta, which is going to be really, really tough down 2-0. So the Knicks are going to try their best here to keep it at one apiece. I know this is a pro wrestling podcast, but give a lot of love to all the people at Daily Knicks, uh, also a part of Fansided as well. So also always great to see you now. I'm going to be rooting for my Knicks tonight AEW. Thank goodness they're, they're, they're not going to be on because it would have been really tough for me to uh, keep switching the channel like that, watching the Knicks and then watching AEW and all stuff like that, writing down my notes. It would have been absolutely insane. AEW is going to be on this week as uh, coming up is double or nothing, their pay-per-view, but they are going to have one Dynamite, uh, their go-home show is going to be on Friday. Not competing directly with Friday Night SmackDown, but going to be following SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown is on from 8 to 10 on Fox. And then Dynamite is going to be on from 10 to 12, I believe, on TNT. So stay tuned for that. No wrestling on tonight. Go watch some New York Knicks basketball beat up on some Atlanta Hawks. Let's hope Trey Young does not silence the Garden once again. That's all for me. Remember to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That's FANSIDE20, all caps, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast and all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at dailyddt.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.